1: This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I'm A.B. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Mike Spears, who's uh,
0: gotten into surfing lately, I think. Oh, no, this is actually a UC Irvine t-shirt. All right. So that's a surfing anteater, and that's precisely why I got the t-shirt. I have no affinity for the (laughs) California State College system, other than they have some great mascots, such as the UC Irvine Anteaters. There was the Santa Barbara Banana Slugs as immortalized in Pulp Fiction. You know, they have some good mascots out there, and I like to celebrate them. But uh, hey, y'all, it's your old pal. Uh, How are you doing today, AB? I'm doing okay.
1: I uh, am very irritated
0: by the end of this uh,
1: episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, and I look forward to discussing it uh, with my friends here. Uh, We're also joined, of course, by Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis. How are you doing tonight, Nate? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty
2: good episode of the television show, I thought. So that makes it easier to talk about, maybe. No, it's probably easier to talk about it when it's bad. Um, Too hard to remember things when they're good. Uh, But yeah, you know. Keeping busy, doing work, having a job, all that stuff. That's wow. what I'm
1: doing. Yeah. A big job haver over here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I go to an office for, you know, like uh, two thirds of my waking hours um, yeah. on this planet.
0: Um... I-, I respect that you do your eight, <laughs> eight, and eight there, Nate. <laughs> clear division
2: i definitely don't i definitely uh <laughs> i don't i never slept terribly last night on a bad on a bad sleep run pretty much for like the last i don't know year um so yeah as, I'm, we, I'm all. Probably getting, as probably we all probably getting like five five for the sleep Yikes. um i mean it's fine whatever it's it's been worse at other points in my
1: life That's why I, it's why i started the zequel That's why i'm a ZQL addict now and i get a good night's
0: sleep most nights I'm a addict. I'm addicted to ZQL. That doesn't work as well as Crack Addict, the theme for WrestleMania 19, right? <laughs> the theme right. for
2: WrestleMania 19, <laughs> I'm a crack addict. I'm addicted to crack. Is this? What yeah, Labiscuit
0: Crack Addict was yeah. the theme song to WrestleMania 19.
2: Okay. Don't remember that. <laughs>
0: oh, I do because they performed it live at Safeco. <laughs> Aaron knows what's up.
2: That was not even like a big single for them, was it? No, it was weird. not.
0: It was, it was post peak.
2: What a weird post-peak. Post-peak yeah. biscuit. They got a- I, okay, got wait biscuit. a let Let's just talk about Biscuit. I'm done with the Biscuit rest. is never
1: post-peak. <laughs> I just want to be clear about that. Mm. The biscuit is always peaking. Uh, Definitely lie. Yeah, falsehood. <laughs> no. Uh, the Biscuit is seeing a uh, revival, I think. Uh, there was a post going around today of the Rock and Roll Photos account. <laughs> of fred durst uh performing fellatio on west borland's uh, mtv vma so clearly they're back in the discourse i did a big, see that
2: i thought about retweeting it when it had like <laughs> 40 retweets and i didn't and then uh chris from the patreon retweeted it later in the day when it had like 400 retweets and i was like ah there it is i that could have been me I could have been me getting that retweet in early. Uh, could which, have been of course, you up there gets you a lot of lot of prestige on the Twitter site. It does. I do. I, we're, we're, I think we're coming down the. We're on the tail end of the
0: yeah the
2: revival period. Really? That was, oh
0: yeah, that was probably like a year ago at minimum. Y'all do know what the next revival period's going to be?
2: You're going to say Lincoln Park, but I don't think that's
0: accurate. <laughs> I think I, it's Lincoln a Park, bit, baby.
2: minute Bennington died like. Four years ago? So at Perfect point, time to reassess.
0: Was... Perfect time for reassessment. No, everybody reassessed
2: them. You're, you're way late on this, Mike. Everybody reassessed them after the lead singer died. Uh, I mean, it could be like, a oh, second. Oh, yeah. Turns out there was all this stuff to like about them, <laughs> but they were always like, you know, one foot in the spin magazine joke department.
1: What, what, um, would you yeah, say they good. were one step closer? Oh, fuck. Would,
2: maybe
0: you would say that. I would
2: not say <laughs> that. I would. I
0: did it. Seems like you did. I, all I'm saying is that four years after the fact, it's it's a, it's it's due for another reassessment, a more a more spiritual reassessment of Lincoln Park. How many minutes we are to midnight? I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff for me to get into. I, I'm looking forward to this reassessment. Aaron, Aaron, I know is all for this. It just seems that Nate does not want Mike. Uh, I'm I'm, this... I'm happy
2: for you. I hope you get a lot out of it. <laughs> um, I hope you come to appreciate uh the real magic, Mike Mike Shinoda, a bit more than you have previously in your life. Uh, but you know, if you're looking for there to be a whole groundswell of public outpouring for Limp Biscuit, like there was with—I'm sorry—for like for Lincoln Park, like there was for Limp Biscuit, I just—I think you're going to be left wanting.
1: TikTok constantly serves me. <laughs> um, TikTok constantly serves me this video. Uh, Carrying crosses here of Jay Z in the studio with Lincoln Park uh, doing Collision uh, Course, great album. Yeah, but I can't remember which. Not a good
2: album. There's one and a half good mashups on it. The rest are pretty bad.
1: I can't remember which song it is now, but Jay-Z's, Mike is like, whatever, talks to him. Jay-Z's like, don't worry about it. Uh, Pretty quick with vocals. You know, I'll probably be able to do this in like a couple of takes. And then he's like, now that I've said that, we'll probably be here all night and everybody laughs. I'm like, that wasn't fucking funny, (laughs) Jay-Z, but but you laugh Jay- at jc's Jay- Jay- joke at that yeah. time and then he knocked it out so well, yeah, yeah
2: you're you're captivated by his his presence and charisma of course you are do they have video on that of of the sound clips from the album like i want my frappuccino where's my fucking frappuccino or you're wasting your talent randy
1: i have not seen that on on tiktok
2: okay those are both on the audio album I, of course, did buy the combination DVD and CD. Oh, absolutely. I don't, don't know that I ever
0: watched the DVD. I, I mean, between that and reanimation, we have to acknowledge that Limp Bizkit, uh, not Limp Bizkit, and then after Nate did that once, now I am, we have to acknowledge that Linkin Park had a very strong influence into the cultural zeitgeist that came after it.
2: Absolutely. Uh, again, this was acknowledged not by me, at least when I was 16, probably. I, I was, you know, maybe I was on the forefront at that time. Was big. Uh, the uh, I definitely remember listening to Charlie Tuna. I'm getting extremely white here for a minute. Listening to Jolly Charlie Tuna on the Lincoln Park Remix album, and then going out and buying a Jurassic Five
1: album the next day. Oh God, Nate! I would think of all the things I've said on this show. I would have done
0: to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Real 2003 hours from Nate Look, right again, here. Again, like a
2: suburban suburban 15 year old what do you want from me
1: <laughs> all right well if you want to hear more embarrassing stories from nate's childhood please follow us on twitter that at is probably name. the <laughs> biggest
2: l i've posted yeah i'm sorry i interrupted you probably the biggest i i've posted on this podcast i'm glad i did it right at the top of the show and not like two hours in
1: i'm not sure i understand the logic of that but sure
2: well i didn't i was being sarcastic it oh, would have okay. been, been better if i hit it at the end like you're you're you know lying about the confederacy winning
1: Hey, 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 hey! That didn't happen. Uh, I don't really, don't really know what you're talking about. If you want to see again more posts about Nate saying things he shouldn't say, follow us on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron like the card. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey, yeah. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, just type in Everything Elite whatever podcast app you use. Hit subscribe. Uh, get these when they hit the free feed. Give us a five star rating interview if the if the app you use is the Apple Podcast app. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to go over to patreon.com slash everything elite and subscribe. We'll kick off the show. I got a feeling there will be some some synergy between uh, elite or delete and what's been on the Patreon lately. I just I don't know. (laughs) I can sense it that in one way or another, that's going to come up. So, uh, Ely or D-Lead, we talk about uh, our favorite and least favorite things from the show. Nate, I'll kick it off with you. What was your favorite thing from this week's episode?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a a pretty strong show. This was uh, kind of the same story as last week, where, you know, most of the time you remember these shows by the ending, and this was another week in a row where... Basically, the the show was good enough that the ending kind of didn't matter, and I was like, "All right, whatever, don't care. I'm satisfied with the time I've spent here." Hard zeroing in on one thing that I thought was exceptional. I guess I'll I guess I'll say the parlay because that most exceeded my expectations. Uh, we, and this is not because MJF called us out on Twitter, uh, but you know we talk we talk a lot on this show about Chris Jericho and his talk segments his wwe skits his you know new ways to try and put a spin on the promo battle uh so they came up with this parlay idea which i don't know was it explicitly stated that this was to determine who got the advantage in the uh blood and guts match i don't know that it was but it turned out to be that
1: not until tony came out basically did he okay. tell us that's what was going to be decided
2: okay so with that as the premise i thought everybody pretty much had a pretty good promo here. Uh, Even guys who've been pretty down on your, your FDR hair, your FDR bald, uh, your Sean Spears. Uh, If the, even if the content wasn't, you know, especially. uh, uh, Amazing. They still delivered it pretty effectively. And the, the sound mix was uncharacteristically good on this episode. So, you know, it seemed like you were getting good reactions from the fake crowd. Uh, And then really, I thought MJF and Jericho brought it home. Uh, again, in a way that exceeded my expectations, um, maybe the big, you know, it's hard to do one of these promo battles where it peaks at the right time and you end up building tension and building anticipation for a big match on a super show. Instead of just like, you know, kind of keeping your hype levels at the same point they were already at, or maybe like, you know, deflating them a little bit. Cause you're like, well, all those guys are just in the ring and talking together, but I don't know. They brought the intensity. And, uh, you know, just had good content from Jericho as far as MJF taking his spot. I was happy with it. Uh, The the end, the very end of Jericho's thing where he's like talking about the summer of love and how this is going to be the summer of violence uh, was like the perfect, (laughs) perfectly bad pin to put on the end of it. in like the Chris Jericho kind of way that you're kind of like, okay, what? it's Chris Jericho. He loves fucking rock and roll music. What are you going to do? But yeah, I thought it was pretty good.
0: It was something that I feel like that most listeners to our show might not be in complete locks up with us, but it's something that, like, how uneven this storyline has been, and, like, the way they've done Focus with it was such a kind of odd path or, like, how I would not expect you to do a lead-up to a war games, but it did kind of come together with EMJF and Jericho spots here. And I think that It's something that it allowed Jericho to kind of be his Sammy Hager self in a way. Like real divorced dad energy. Like he's looking like even more like a divorced dad by the week, by the way. And it kind of works in this way that like everything that Inner Circle is is the exact idea that a 50 year old divorced guy in Florida would find exceptional, especially coming out on motorcycles now and Having everything be black because black is sexy. I'll never forget that. That's what Chris Jericho's whole motivation is for this mm-hmm. new version of Inner Circle. It's, it's tremendous. But I guess, like, my big takeaway, other than, like, I think you hit the promo notes well, was Aaron and I, in the lead up to the original Blood and Guts match, started a series on patreon.com. You can get all the episodes about that we did in the lead up to this before they shelved it until this year. But we were exploring, like, the confines of a War Games match and how they kind of got away from a war games match and the easiest way to get away from like and messing up a war games match is not sticking to the formula of what a war games match is like it's formulaic in like the most positive sense of the way that if you stick to the formula of a war games match there's nothing that you you will succeed and at least coming out of the parlay they said like we don't have a lot of the convoluted rules that people have tacked onto the war games match they've kept it very simple to make sure the heels have the advantage and they made sure that the one person who could probably benefit the most from being beat down and being handicapped and sammy guevara is the person going in first so i have to say that everything about this segment in the lead up to war games and the lead up to blood and guts was a uh, was a success across the board
1: um i thought jericho was good and i thought the rest of it sucked really um jericho sold the match to me in that I was really bummed because I love war games and I wanted to love this match and I was pretty out on it. And then Jericho got me back in. So thanks uh, for that, Chris Jericho. The rest of it didn't really appeal to me in any way. Um, It was just kind of like people talking at each other and it's all this, it's this same, like, okay, I said like Jericho did a good job, but it's also like about taking spots, which I don't give a shit about. And it, everything has to have this little, like, shooty comment to it, which yeah. I hate, and I've I've talked about several times why I hate it. And it's just, like, it's boring. But the rest of it I didn't care about. Sammy was cool. Uh, you know, I like Sammy. But uh, I don't think anybody except Jericho did a good job of building this match.
2: Yeah, we talked about the shooty thing last week. I don't think – this doesn't feel like it's treading on shooty territory to me. Like, he wants – to be the top guy in the company, that's the spot that Chris Jericho has. That's like a universal thing to competition. He wants to be on top and knock Chris Jericho down from his spot and take it. You know, that's the fucking uh, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, you know, uh, liking post about how Steph Curry's not as good as people say he is or whatever. That's uh, that's MJF. He's got that sort of energy. Um, I thought Sammy Sammy's thing where he's the, you know, dumb young kid who's not smart enough to be, to tend not be overconfident and talk himself into having the disadvantage uh, that makes sense. Uh, and him, him burying Sean Spears and calling him a failure here and a failure there and a failure in the match. That was all money to me. Um, and you said, you said, thanks to Chris Jericho. And I thought that was also a good call back from him and JF talking about how, you know, first pay-per-view on this company, you wanted a thank you from the crowd for making AEW exist. So I'm going to give you that. Thank you. Uh, and then I'm going to thank you again when I take your spot. I thought that was all pretty good. Yes. Oh, last uh, the 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 thing about the intensity and like why it didn't feel I think just like guys talking to me I think what enhanced that for me was Tony Schiavone in the middle of them all kind of reacting and and playing off the sides and you know being, oh you know don't get out of hand here I'm in the middle I'm in the crossfire I thought Tony Schiavone did a great job of selling the intensity of it.
0: Mike, your pick for uh, elite this week? Yeah, and this is actually a hard week for me because. There was a lot of stuff that I felt like was good, but nothing that was really heads and shoulders above the rest of the show. But I guess I'll talk about this here because it would be on my brain to talk about here. Uh, the Young Pucks versus the Seidel Brothers. I thought that this was a very interesting match. I felt like that they showed a lot more confidence than Mike Seidel, who's really come along from like when he first came into AEW and when he left. But having him be the focus of the the real first part and then like just having a really great chicken shit way for the Bucks to win the match I thought that that was very successful and I you know like this was obviously a filler match but it was a good filler match and it kind of led them down the road that now finally it seems like SEU is trying to call their shot they've been number one contenders for months and they've been undefeated since having the segment in the waiting room where they proclaimed that they lost another match they would split up but now they're put into a i can't even say that like saying like they knocked out park here because then they announced that they're gonna be there's gonna be another contendership match next week after this promo which is kind of pointless and makes the promo look dumb but um, the match itself i feel like that was a success i feel like it was the best match on the show which you know given the participants it, i felt like this match w- had like the expectation to be that as well
2: Well, yeah, what I really enjoyed about this match, uh, for a match that the, you know, there was no doubt as to the outcome of it, really, um, the Young Bucks were just, you know, full heel, prickish self, and have come up with uh, a lot of just fun little in-between obnoxious taunts and shit and appeals to the camera uh, that still kind of keep you invested in it when it's like, okay, yeah, you know, Matt Sidell is doing his cool trip shit, and you know, he, he and Nick Jackson are going back and forth. But when Nick Jackson gets the advantage and does some obnoxious thing, he's going to, you know, look into the camera, and start talking about it. That's very fun. Highlight almost my elite pick for this whole show. Brandon Color as the Young Bucks new ring boy, young boy. Uh, I was kind of annoyed that they gave him this gimmick when they've already established that Michael Nakazawa has this gimmick in the elite of being, you know, their gopher or their young boy or whatever, their lap dog. Um, but Brandon Cutler, uh, shining Matt Jackson's, uh, you know, new Nikes when he's down of the apron, very funny to me. Uh, and I hope this, I hope this builds up to Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa becoming a tag team of some sort. Uh, because I think, I think fans would probably really get behind that, especially if it, you know, happens through some BTE nonsense.
1: Yeah. The thing that sticks out to me about all this is like, I just think when you look at the Young Bucks, Nick always seems remarkably less cool than Matt. Like, I think he has a really hard time pulling off the cool level that Matt has. But I think he's done a really good job since this turn of, like, just wringing out every ounce of charisma he has in his body to, like, feel like he's up on Matt's level. You know, a lot of it they're doing for him with the costuming. I don't know who's, you know, picking uh, his costumes, but that's working. Uh, and I think he's getting across that level of of dickishness of uh, you know asshole superstar that he doesn't always do. So good on good on Nick, I'll say.
0: Yeah, Nick kind of has middle brother syndrome or middle sibling syndrome when you like compare like Matt being older and then of course like they have their younger brother that wrestled them. But it does come off Malachi, like Malachi, Malachi. Malachi Jackson. Like, of course, I've seen the Jackson three in a trios match. That was. Something that I don't think that a lot of people can say, but uh, it's something where, like, he is the worker of the group, whereas Matt has always kind of been, like, the character and cerebral guy here That's nice to see him kind of tap into it. And I'm going to full, I'm just going to make the proclamation, Doc Gallows picks everyone's costumes. I mean, come on. (laughs) Like, he makes sure everyone else had the leather newsboy caps and he's the one who gets the leather fedora. Come on.
2: Doc Gallows, Gallows, dangly is obscene. It is giant. It is. He's got half a bird hanging from his ear. Uh, it's out of control. I love it. it it's
0: tremendous. It, it, it,
2: it barely fits in that limo. His dangly.
0: Yeah. Uh. You, you know how I how I used to say that like the best kind of heels in AEW are like the Danny McBride, like farcical, like aggrieved uh, Southern man kind of persona that like Jericho had. I, I, I take that all back because that's Doc, Doc Gallows is a. Jody Hill, Danny McBride character, like come to life, like really, and I'm just happy each time I see him on screen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Uh, there was a lot of uh, disagreement, controversy about uh, the Big LG licking his bicep. Nate, what, what did you think about that?
2: Uh, I popped pretty big for it. He's, <laughs> he's a real freaking weirdo. Um, one of the best things going in pro wrestling, really over the last. Uh I don't know six years at least, about a better part of a decade for doc gallows um yeah the the weirder he gets with it, the more I enjoy it um you know a man with no haters for sure,
1: it's interesting to me though that they haven't. Well, I feel like they were wrestling on dynamite every week there for <laughs> yeah. a bit, and now they're really like not. And I'm so I'm like,
2: well, they, they, it's, yeah, fine. These it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. No, Darby's going to main event TV uh, three weeks in a row against decreasing quality of opponents for whatever reason. Um, yeah. It's just what they do in a weird, weird sort of thing. Nick Jackson, if honestly, Matt Jackson, uh, you know, sneaky, good looking guy. Um, Sneaky, good on the mic, uh, you know. Obviously, one of the smarter people in wrestling over the last decade. Uh, one of the funnier people in wrestling over the last decade. I think if Nick Jackson was just his own dude, he wouldn't, you know, come off so so harshly as like the less charismatic or the less, uh, 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 you know, personality-filled guy. Or it would honestly just be like, oh, no, I mean, that, what a great wrestler. And the rest of it would be secondary to it. So I think he's kind of does suffer from that that thing where he's compared to his sibling.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. But he's he's doing a good job here. I'm, I'm happy with, uh, with how it's playing out so far. My elite pick uh, is a simple one. It just struck me in the Chris Statlander match how much more confident she seems in the ring and in general since she came back from this injury. And I don't think that's Common When somebody comes back from a big knee injury, the way she did, I think that'll often lead to people lacking confidence in the ring. Chris is the opposite. When she walked out and stared into the camera, I was like, I don't know, it really struck me. of like, wow, Chris is like here. She's commanding. She has a commanding presence. She's like, okay, now you need to watch me. Everybody look at me as I do this match. And she did. She looked great throughout the ring. Penelope, a little rusty. You know, we haven't seen much of her, but I thought Chris, I uh, held up her into the bargain, uh, did a great job. She fe- and it's hard, like we're just saying about Nick and Matt. It's hard to be in a group with Orange Cassidy, Chuck, and Trent and be able to stand out on any level. But I think Chris is up to their is up to their level, can be up to their level from like a, a charisma perspective. And that's, Some people might question that because, like, you know, they're some of the most charismatic people in wrestling. But I think Chris is not going to uh, be overshadowed uh, by the rest of her group. And that's to her credit.
2: Yeah. And I I really liked the match. I thought the match was good. I mean, uh, we had another week where the women had the best rating on the show with Hikaru Shida and Tai Conti from last week. Um, I, you know, it's crazy to me that more of these women just aren't on the television show every week. I mean, Chris obviously was out Penelope. Uh, I think has a star quality in her own, right. have said it a dozen times on here. Uh, you, you know, maybe, maybe it detracts from that when junior R can't stop talking about how hot she is every time she comes out, but you know, he's an old dude, you can only blame him so much, I guess. Uh, but you know, she, there wouldn't be that slight rust factor if she was out on TV every week. Uh, and she also performed well in the ratings when orange Cassidy first started getting hot and they were doing that program. Uh, starting in the Atlanta taping. So, I don't know. It, it's crazy to me that you, you know, go weeks and weeks without having, you know, Sheeta on TV or Rosa on TV or Penelope on TV or now Statlander on TV, uh, especially when the women do well in the ratings every time. Like, all these, all these, you know, you can find two segments and then you can have a, a through line to get Penelope some featured time and, you know, knock that rust off and, like, perform at a high level, I think. Um, but, yeah, good match. And the 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 places they're going with i think both these sort of factions are are are, are intriguing
0: yeah so chris statlander i feel like that she it, if you watch the road to this week they actually did something that was a departure from their usual road twos, where they usually they'll go like personality peep profile kind of ways this one was just five minutes of promo straight down the barrel and she was the glue in this segment on the road to because she cut a promo about the Penelope match. She was able to interact and goof around with uh Trent truck, Chuck and orange Cassidy and held her own. Like she, she, she kind of was playing the straight person in the act and was like going like this, which is, which is like another funny thing. Like the idea that she's the alien, but she's the normal one out of the four of them. And then she like segued it right to orange Cassidy and stuff. So I think, I think she works well in this group. Uh, I guess like my thing about this match, like this was my least favorite match on the show and a lot of it was like what you're talking about like penelope has obvious rust and the the this was one of the most obviously heavily edited matches they've had on a taped dynamite in a long time and i don't think this is like my usual production fixations but like the, the camera selection that they've done in this and like the and the edits and the choices were very apparent here and i feel like that when you like look at how, how they've not really used Penelope and Chris is coming back, like I, I felt like that the matches that Chris was having on uh elevation and on dark, I felt like that they were better than this Penelope Ford match. And you know what I mean? But a lot of that could be like what Nate's saying. They're just not giving if Penelope Ford is available to Russell, they're not taking advantage of it.
2: Yeah. They did say that she just got her degree. So I guess she went and has been in school a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry, that, but I've that, heard that I've heard it.
1: Britt Baker is a dentist and wrestles on this show with some regularity. So oh,
2: you know she you know she's a dentist. I think she's still driving two hours back and forth to go to more dental school, even while yes. while appearing in AEW.
1: I have heard that. I mean, uh if you type it into Google Maps, uh the trip, I mean it's it's impressive. So
2: I, think... right. I mean it really shows the dedication and uh you know the only you know smart people people that have, uh, you know, been around the world and really understand the larger patterns in life will will understand and respect that. I did not know to pull a name out of that. Anthony Bourdain is a guy who would be like, oh, that's a, that's a superstar right there for sure.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what the distance is for wherever um, Penelope was going to school, but I would like to put both of them in separate Google Maps uh, browsers, you know, maybe pull them up in two different tabs and just compare and see uh which is farther whether she could have done it so we should do that should be a patreon episode sometime uh listener elite of the week i'm pretty sure i have this this time uh patron vote uj i think is how it's pronounced he says elite they say i don't know anybody's pronouns i'm gonna i'm using they for everybody team taz getting a win on dynamite question mark question mark Vote UJ
2: uh, asking us to vote for the underjaker. <laughs> don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. I
1: don't either, but I like <laughs> that's,
2: uh Brian Cage, big upset here. Um, you know, this is a case where I'm like, you know, obviously I'm more invested as like Hang- Hangman Page is a guy that's being elevated, you know, and pushed and stuff. And they've protected him so much and booked him like such a big baby face in all of his matches. And Brian Cage comes out here and gets the win with the drill claw and you know, Brian cage, I, I think plays a great role in this promotion. Uh, but what like a cool thing to be like, Oh, a, a guy who's an established, you know, presence on this show beat another guy who's an established presence on this show. And it felt like a actual update or upset in terms of one guy is featured more heavily than the others. is pushed stronger mm-hmm. than the other. And it's not just like, you know, trading wins and I win this week and you win that next week. And, doesn't matter who wins here or whatever you know it's like wow a a win that has some meaning and impact that's like fascinating
0: yeah and it's something that if you're someone that chooses to put a lot of faith in their rankings and the system there like this in theory clears the deck for what Kenny might be doing at the pay-per-view because they've made such a big deal about Adam Page having this insane win streak being ranked number 1 for this while so You would think that he's the number one contender. He should be the person having this. Now that like you have like this upset, it actually is something that like if you prescribe to the idea that they are effective with their use of rankings and the and it's use of contenderships, you can be like, Well, now they've pretty much like have through like this one thing which helps out cage and helps out team tasks. Now this is not the the feuding group that can't get together archetype. Now we're saying that cage is got a significant win on the hand, but also it's like, all right, now they're able to focus more full bore towards whatever the next step of this Kenny mock storyline is, because then you don't have the thing, uh, the, then you're saving the bigger match down the line of finally, uh, Omega and page once again, but now for the title. So I feel like that this is a real success across the board. If you really want to uh, like drill down into it.
1: Well, if you like Cowboys, uh, I got two types of Cowboys for you because the NFL draft is coming up this weekend and the Kentucky Derby, and you can bet on both of them at mybookie.ag. There's no shortage of odds, props, and horses to take advantage of. Uh, They've got props on predicting who's going to go first in the draft, and friends, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick in the draft, so you can bet on whether it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Uh, What is Tony Khan going to do? You can bet on all that. Uh, You can also – well, make sure if you're betting on that, by the way – that you use the promo code ELITE at MyBookie. Uh, You'll get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. Also, if you hit up the website on May 1st, you'll get some freebies because they're celebrating uh, the Kentucky Derby with a host of free games, spins, and chips available throughout the day in the MyBookie Casino. So whether you're looking for uh, blackjack or you just want to bet on the Derby, the draft, or any of the other sports that are going on right now, you do it at MyBookie. Just remember to use the promo code Elite, that's E L I T E, get a free deposit bonus, start your day off with a win. Uh, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
0: So, Aaron, uh, yes, with, sir. It, with it being the Derby coming up, I've pulled up the Derby odds and Derby names. And I have to say, just looking at the names, not a strong horse name year. You know, you usually you'll have your AP Indies, you know, your Barbaros. This Orb. year, the orb yep orb great one right there but looking at this the names that we have here uh probably the best name i have to say just looking at this is king fury that's a great name and they're plus 2500 there a lot of bourbon names i mean we get it it's kentucky but uh also mandaloon which i don't think this horse was alive with before Mandalorian, or was that was live before the Mandalorian came out? So I don't think with this. No, no, I think
1: I think you have to be like three years old to be in the
0: Derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think Mandalorian was far enough, it was much more recent than that. However, if you're wanting to 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 make the most money on this right now, they have Keep Me in Mind, all one word, at plus five thousand. Right? Is it all caps? No, no, no. Uh, Just are there any any horse
2: names that are all caps?
0: Sadly, no. But there is a horse named Soup and Sandwich. You know, mm. <laughs> and right. and the current uh, favorite is essential quality. And there's another horse called highly motivated. Yeah, these are some really lame ass horse names this year. Get together, Bob Baffert.
1: Yeah, I would like to see some weirder horse names. Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely like to see weirder horse names. I I don't know. I'm uh, pretty much out on the Derby. Like it's fine. I just uh, I used to kind of get into it, or like horse racing generally, but
0: I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh so. th- the spears family are a bunch of deviants we used to spend mother's day at the horse track i like that yeah 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 i i have gone to dog tracks in palm beach county they are very very just depressing and luckily they shut down dog racing in florida I think we just yeah.
2: talked about this right when do we talk about this
0: yeah because the big thing there is about the poker rooms like i i remember this is that conversation there's no need to repeat it um
1: all right well if you want to repeat it just head <laughs> over to mybookie.ad and uh and play some bets so all right well let's uh delete some stuff but i think we all kind of agree it was a sh- there wasn't a lot to hate on the episode other than the thing that i really hated Oh,
2: but- i hated something
1: oh okay well
2: tell us what you hated dave uh, it's the same thing as last week uh it's fucking qvc guy managing penta i think it was worse this week than last week he just amplified the goofiness JR was calling him a nerd on commentary. Uh, just just uh, is brutal to me. It it totally sinks Pentagon's entire aura and character. Um, you know, which has been established and and carried him because you know he, he's not like a he's not Phoenix. He's not a blow away worker out there. Like his whole aura and presence and gimmick is like does a ton of the work for this guy. And now you've got fucking some cartoon character jumping around seconding him um i it took me out of the entire match i was so mad i was doubly mad because people keep fucking adding me like yeah alex abrahante is a big star nate you dummy aren't you like this goofy (laughs) son of a bitch uh and i uh just almost walked away from the television uh I, i was very mad in my home i was red and mad and fuming um and uh, if you ever at me again i'll block all
0: of you. there we go nate just, just tell everyone just not to at you it makes your life a lot easier just be like me but uh it, it's something where like i was hoping they would they would like crank it down a good 20 percent and instead they made it like the the central thought the central storyline and this real uh rip wrestle circus ass match like the first like three minutes were like straight up something that you would have seen either in like wrestle circus or on MLW. L- l- <laughs> like it was like that level of, Oh, we're, we're doing a show for the crowd. There is no crowd on this episode, <laughs> but we're still going to be doing like all the bits before we're going to ha- end up having like a strong match. And Alex Eberhontas is going to get involved in all of that. And, you know, it just kind of like soured in a way, because like th- there's a way you could be like, you just use him as like a straight translator. who's kind of an asshole and not have him just be, like, this buffoon. Because I feel like that's the thing, is that they went way too far, and they aren't willing to readjust into, like, yeah, no, he just translates promos and goes, Penta says. Like, that's fine as a manager, but it's the other shit that makes it worse.
2: Yeah, I probably do lay too much of it at at, at, uh, Alex Abrahantes' feet. Like, they have... Penta's been, you know, low-key buffoonish a lot before this, too. The fucking St. Patrick's Day hat and all this stuff. But, you know, there's just degrees. There's a breaking point where it's like, okay, you've pushed him over into clown territory. Whereas previously he was, you know, a uh, 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 crazy psychoviolent guy who's like a little weird and funny. Um,
1: and yeah, this is just this is past my threshold. I, this is not good audio, but I just really don't care about this one way or the other. It just doesn't.
0: Uh, I don't know. Has it risen to either level for me? It, it's something that's remarkable that, that less than a month ago, Penta felt like this hot, hot, vicious property in like the Cody match. And then now it's just like, he's back to a uh, shamrock Penta, you know, show me amigo. Like, it's like stuff like that, that there's a way that they, they could thread the needle that they're choosing not to hear that. I could totally understand Nate's uh, hatred of it.
1: Well, Mike, what did you hate? If anything, uh, what's your delete pick from the show? Uh,
0: <sighs> I like that's the thing. I guess like the thing that didn't really do a whole lot for me on this show that we didn't really touch on is just uh, you you you've, you're building up to this like TV show like your big TV event, but you have a pay per view that's like this far that's like less than four weeks out from this. And yes, we we get that they like doing tentpole TV and then their big pay per views here, but. It, it it's something that like the is about to turn into May and well arguably their biggest show or second biggest show of the year is at the end of the month and we guess that that Hikaru shida and uh Britt Baker are having a women's title match i was thinking we were going to get SEU versus Young Bucks but now we have that eliminator and then a title match the next week there and you just kind of like look back at this and it's something that I say a lot, and it's maybe that tells you that I feel like this was a previous episode. This is the point I'm picking out. Because I'm not gonna take your point, Aaron. I'm gonna let you go off on this, but I would like to see more bill towards the thing that we're supposed to pay money for. Like that like that's something that that kind of like gets me each time. It's like we're gonna be paying money for this pay per view. Like you're expecting people to make a value decision here and you're not doing much to anticip- much for anticipation for this pay per view.
2: Yeah, I, I- I think I'm going to take Aaron's point here. This doesn't really bother me. Um, I think because, you know, they, they've loaded up really the next couple weeks with like marquee things that they want us to be like, hey, we're doing the Big Blood and Guts match. And we got the Cody match and we got the John Moxley match and we got the, uh, you know, tag team title match and we got this other uh, Moxley and Eddie Kingston tag match. And I, I think it's all, all peels pretty hot to me at this moment like all of those matches it's not necessarily all pointing to a big crystallized destination at the pay-per-view um but i think i just kind of don't mind that because obviously tv is their their big economic driver they're you know going to be negotiating for new tv in the future and they're you know doing great in the ratings so if they keep that up you know, that that's going to be worth more to them, I think, than the pay-per-view buys. Honestly, I it might be a different, different deal for me when we're back to touring. And it's like, no, you, we're doing a big stadium. Like you need to pack 10,000 people into an arena for this pay-per-view. You got to start building some stuff up and getting some hype and anticipation going for that. Like, you know, they're still running like half full daily space for every single show. So I, it kind of just doesn't register as too important to me.
0: I guess my counter to that is, this is a situation that you're asking people to pay money for. And yes, you are getting all your money from, like, a vast majority of money from your Turner Rights deal. But the consumer, the end user, like, they, they have to make a value proposition here. And what's, uh, with their shaky kind of pay-per-views, what have they done to instill any confidence in what's going to happen at Double or Nothing 2021? Because right now I'm looking at this, I'm like, yes, I'm going to be buying this pay-per-view, but am I enthused about things happening at the at the end of May? I, I don't know if I can say that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is for sure. You're asking people to pay a big price tag. You know, the, that's absolutely the case. But also, it's like they're the, the hottest wrestling company in the world right now. So, like, if you're a wrestling fan, you don't buy the pay-per-view, then I, I guess I just don't really know what you're doing. Like, you're a weirdo WWE freak or something. You know, AEW is putting New Japan on their back right now, trying to carry them back to relevance. So, uh, you know, it, it, I guess because it's not an uh, economic decision for me. It's just like, I'm going to buy the show no matter what, and I know I am, so.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they've just, like, killed my um, my expectations, but because there's, like, two or three things that feel like they're getting built, and I'm like, oh, this is good for them. They don't normally build this much this early, so I don't know. I'm not fired up about it yet, but I'm willing to be fired up about it in the future. So we'll see where it goes.
2: Yeah, there is there is a definite uh, scenario where in two weeks, you know, they've done all these big matches and then the pay-per-view is right around the corner. It's like, wait, now where are we going? I can see that happening for sure, but I guess I'm just not
1: there yet. All right, my delete. I think everybody knows what's coming. I was ready to just get mad about them doing this same derby match with Preston Vance. And then it unfolded. And it happened just as I feared it would. And I did not feel myself. I did not feel the the anger rising up inside me, the hatred, um, until the fucking finish of this match, this Cody-ass finish that looked like every single match Cody had for the TNT title. They They are literally just rebooking. Uh, the the Cody thing with Darby. It's like, it's a complete misunderstanding of Darby, the character, the idea that this is all he can ever do. Um, It's Gabe shit, to be honest, is what it is. It's like, oh, Darby can't actually beat people. Uh, Like uh, it's got to be like some sort of, he just barely hangs on by the skin of his teeth. He's not good enough to actually just come out and beat someone. Even fucking Preston Vance. Okay. Whoever wants to argue about Jungle Boy, I was right, by the way. But nobody can argue that Preston Vance is anywhere near Darby's level. I appreciate he's bigger than him. He's stronger than him. But the motherfucker doesn't even wrestle on Dynamite very often. He's nobody. He's literally nobody. (laughs) So, I mean, this was crazy. Now, all that said, I actually liked the match until fucking Ethan Page got involved. Uh, but I thought uh, Preston Vance was pretty impressive. and They did a cool match, but it's just like, what's the point of this? Uh, where is this going? I mean, I'm, I fear that it's going to Ethan Page is going to beat Darby Allen. And then I will, you uh, it's going to be bad for me personally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just hated this. I, I hate everything about it. Uh, I like that they have started, you know, I think Thoros was talking about they moved away from Darby as just Sting's buddy. And now he's like, actually feels like the champion. Uh, That's cool. But I don't feel like this run, even though it's main eventing every week and doing well. So, you know, fuck me. Maybe I'm uh, the one who's wrong here. Uh, But I don't think it's doing anything for for Darby, the character, in the long run.
2: Yeah. uh, It it did kind of strike me during this match where, you know, Darby was doing his thing and like Sting was on the outside and like, you know, it's kind of the continual surprise of AEW that it's like, oh, wow, like Sting is seconding Darby Allen, the guy from Evolve out here in the main event. And also, you know, Darby main events, the show with regularity at this point, it's kind of insane. And then it's also like kind of commonplace, you know, uh, that did strike me, but yeah, Preston Vance, you know, seems like he's got a lot of potential seems like, you know, could be a guy that they build for the future. Uh, you know, seems totally capable in the ring, uh, have no idea about, like, his personality, they they did as good a job you can do as trying to make you care about this character for a, you know, quick, hot-shotted title defense. They're like, this is Brody Lee's guy. Here's Brody Lee's son with this guy. What a baby face. You know, he's he's been picked as the guy for the Dark Order. Darby wants to give the Dark Order another match because John Silver got hurt in their match. Like, that that's as good a job you can do, uh, but it still didn't really... You know, I don't know who breast Advance is. He wears a bad mask. You don't even see his face. And it's, you know, he's not on the level of like a Jushin Liger where he's emoting and doing all this stuff just through his, uh, you know, physical bodily char- charisma or whatever. So, you know, I was kind of out on it from the beginning. I was like, well, I know what this match is. I know Darby wins at the end. Uh, I know there's probably some, uh, next step in the whole, uh, Ethan Page Scorpio sky thing. Cause that's happening. And, you know, Lance Archer and his weird relationship with sting, uh, So I was kind of just like, okay, you know, I know what this is. I've had a good time watching this show. I'm going to look at my phone and get reactions to Yuji Nagata being on Dynamite Announcement.
0: So I guess, and there's not a good answer for this in my mind, how do you book Darby as champion? Because, like, that's the big overarching question here is that they were able to do the Darby and Sting versus Team Taz thing, which kind of circumvented it, and they've been having him have a lot of title defenses and they, they are trying to get over like the idea of like nine title defenses. Now is it finally going to wear him down? Is there finally going to be the, uh, the, 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 the time that he's not able to get himself out of situation. But it, it's something where like, I'm wondering, it's like, I guess with the company and with him right now, this is like his big run right now, but how has the booking and the treatment of Darby, over his career, really have changed here. It seems like that people don't have confidence to book him as, okay, he's the champion, he beats you with his finish and after a back-and-forth match, and it's not like a skin of his teeth winning on running up the back turnbuckle and, oh, looks, it's kind of like a coffin drop, that's a win here. And I just think, I feel like that. that's kind of been like the big problem with Darby is that people, uh, like, he's a great underdog, he's great at chasing, but we've seen that around the title, they don't really know how to like present him other than still as a guy who gets out by the skin of his teeth. But that's what happened less than a year ago with Cody Rhodes. So I don't yeah. know the answer to that question, but I guess that's why I posing posing It's like, how do you like overall, like how do you book Darby as like the guy? Because it seems like right, that right now there's a yeah, the Cody you playbook. Haven't beat,
2: you haven't beat guys uh, and be like, I'm a better wrestler than you. And I'm going to, Beat you in a short amount of time. It, I mean, the my comp point for Darby was always Rey Mysterio. Like Rey, he he uses his body and uses his size in the same way Rey Mysterio does. Going back to like, evolve and that, you know, cool little spot he does where he uh, uh, gets slingshotted up onto the second rope and you know comes back with the body splash, or you know his rolls or whatever in the ring. And that's the same issue they had with Rey Mysterio is they put the belt on this guy and then just you know. It, always presented him as oh he's he's smaller and worse than all these guys and he's gonna you know eke out a win by the skin of his teeth uh, and it's gonna be all treated like some miracle run or whatever uh meanwhile everybody has been watching Rey mysterio for a decade and going no that guy's the fucking best wrestler of the generation like he can just beat guys and do cool shit and beat them um uh, i do think yeah you know there's there's wiggle room when you're facing a jungle boy and jungle boy is like hey i'm i'm also going to be a star soon so Maybe I should put up a good fight against you in the main event. Uh, there's not as much wiggle room when you're having another main event, and it's pressed advance. Uh, and he's not going to be a star soon. You know, maybe he's going to be a pushed guy in the future. But to me, it's a uh, it's something you solve the way you solve a lot of my larger you know issues of this promotion, which is like, hey, instead of every match being 16 minutes long, maybe have Darby beat a guy in six minutes, and then have somebody else wrestle for 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, you can do, like, this first part of the match where, like, Preston Vance, you know, gets the advantage on Darby, but then Darby comes back and beats him, like, very forcefully, you know? I mean, you can do that exact same thing, but I agree. And when it comes to, like, how to book Darby, I I think Rey Mysterio is a great comp, and this isn't a perfect comp, but I'm going to do it anyway because I kind of like it. It's like, is Zack Sabre Jr.? who when Zach went to New Japan, there was a lot of thought of he's not big enough to look uh, realistic wrestling these guys. And it took like two matches and everybody thought he was credible. Now, Zach is a lot taller than Darby, so I'll give you that. And Zach has this built-in thing of you know his submission, his technical prowess. I get that. But I still think there's a way to book a small guy in uh, kind of what Mike was saying. I'm just like, he figures out a way and it's not just figuring out a way to slip by and barely win. It's figuring out a way to be better than guys who are bigger than him. And, you know, that's, you know, that's just what I would do. The, the
2: Zach, the Zach was the other guy I was thinking of, because I was thinking back to Zach and Darby's feud and Evolve, where it's like Darby wants to get to be a technical level, wrestler on the level of Zach Sabre and all this shit. Uh, and, you know, he didn't, he just like lost to him. And it's like, well, I got to go back. Um, uh, and you know, uh, uh learn and you know, start from the bottom or whatever and keep trying to be good. The, the original sin of the Derby title reign is he just wanted out of nowhere and it had no meaning the way that he wanted from Cody. They're just like, okay, you've had a bunch of matches with Cody. Now you're going to have another one. This time you're going to win. Uh, it was, you know, there was nothing there. There was no, no juice to that. There was no meaning to that. There was no arc to that. What they could have done and what the, I think the right way to do it is, is, like I said, you beat Darby and beat the shit out of him, beat him and beat him and beat him until you're ready to, to push him. And then when you do that, he's learned all the lessons from all these beatings and now he's able to beat guys. It seems to me that they put the belt on him too soon. It's like, okay, well, we still got to, you know, show that he's the underdog and that you, you beat him and beat him and beat him down all the time. So, um, you know, uh, we've been accused of being like a Darby fan cast, but uh, so, you know, not surprising. I think that we want to just see him, Booked like more dominantly, but I think it would be better. It would be better on the television show for it.
1: Yeah, he got like they like half assed told that Cody story of like mm-hmm. we were supposed to think he was learning things, but they never actually did that. They didn't actually show up, uh, show him getting better and improving and
0: then finally overcoming Cody. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. It just it was bad. And there's a way that if you want to tell a similar story, like, OK, press advance, you're so much bigger than I am and to be a fighting champion i have to learn how to do these things so i'm going to have this matcher because i want to learn to adapt and be a fighting champion john silver you are an explosive wrestler uh jungle boy you are one of the up-and-comers and the snare trap is a move that you know i'm i know that we're going to cross paths a lot a lot in the future i need to understand this now like there's ways you could do this even if you're to even if you're like okay they did if did of Cody, like you could re-implement those like steps B through Y before you got to Z and you could book them as basis of these matches and they aren't doing that. And it seems like that that is something that is very easily could explain this away and actually would make the matches more compelling and less samey.
1: The key to making, the first step to making yourself compelling is to uh, trim your balls, head over to Manscaped. Support for Everything Elite is brought to you. By Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Uh, you can head over to Manscaped. You can use the promo code "This Is" and get twenty percent off, free shipping uh, at Manscaped.com. Just make sure you use the code "This Is." They've got okay. Well, I'll tell a story here. So I got two things from Manscaped. I don't. do they actually listen to these ad reads? They might be like, "Aaron, you game the system." That's okay. I'm going to tell you about this. I got two because I have two podcasts. I gifted one to a friend of mine. Okay, I said, "Here you go. Try." I've already got the lawnmower 3.0. Hell, I've got the lawnmower 2.0 too. I've got all the manscape tools. I handed them to him. Uh, he opened it in front of his wife. I got to tell you, she was excited. She was excited about the lawnmower 3.0. She told me it had been months since this man had touched uh, his his uh, below the waist grooming needs. She was excited about the crop reviver. She wanted that thing to be revived. She was excited about the crop <laughs> preserver. She needed something <laughs> good to be preserved. So you too can make the person in your life uh, who uh, looks at your uh, your balls, you can make them excited with the products that, that Manscaped has. And uh, the easiest way to get those is to head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code, this is. You can also get uh, the t-shirt, which I mean, she was less excited about. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, the t-shirt doesn't really add anything for her, Uh, but you'll get free shipping. You'll get 20% off. The code is, this is your balls and your uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, other person. uh, Well, thank you. So do that. Uh, The listener delete. uh, I wish I would have done this correctly because it flowed right from what we did before. Uh, Chelsea says, delete Leave Ethan and Darby in the past. You can't recapture the magic of the arm shovel incident. So don't try.
2: Yeah. Uh, amazing restraint by all of us not talking about Ethan Page's involvement in the <laughs> main event closing for the second week in the row. Uh, on the Patreon this week, check out This is Ethan Page. The deep dive on the vlogs of Ethan Page. Terrible mistake. Uh, will, will mark me for the rest of my days on this planet uh but was joined by the guys from the bad wrestling podcast for that i i it was an attempt to purge you know exposure therapy purge ethan page from my system so i don't come on here and complain about him every week like i do alex abrahantes um it will it will remain to be seen if that
0: was successful so if this works nate then the idea is that you need to do a this is alex abrahantes and you need to go find his oh, pennsylvania oh. indies matches and that sounds uh, much KVC. better than Ethan
2: pages <laughs> vlogs if you haven't seen alex abrahantes uh uh, uh indie gimmick uh, apparently a graduate of the heart dungeon alex abrahantes check it out there, i mean
1: there's got to be some gold in there to find so that's an idea let I, be... I have some bad news for you what's that I believe O posted in the EE Discord earlier that uh, the internet evidence of it appears to be gone. No, <laughs> no
2: kidding. Oh, wow. oh man, who yes. smartened him up?
1: I don't know. Uh, now I'm sure that uh, Mike or uh, brother of the podcast, Drew Spears, can can find the archived uh, version of this. I hope mm-hmm. someone saved it somewhere. Oh, Wayback Machine. Wayback Machine. Yeah,
0: doesn't say it's been cacheted here. And, uh, well, like, we'll find this and, and I'll talk to my people and see if any of this stuff got taped here. And when we say heart dungeon, he was trained by Ross. Like he's open about like, yeah, I trained with the heart dungeon type Trading with Ross Hart. Yes, we we, we will be doing it. This is Alex Eperjantes, and we're we'll, we're gonna work on this exposure therapy. Nate, we're, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have
2: to we're gonna have to find some of that old shit because we're I'm not I made the mistake of vlogs once, so I'm not watching this QVC work.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, we're, we're going long already, so we're gonna have to bust through this television show. Well, I think I'm done. So whatever you want to say. It kicked off with Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. Uh, Team Taz attacked Page before the match. Uh, Dark Order made the save. They all brawled. Cage won with the drill claw, uh, which I guess we did talk about. So that's fine. There's a Bullet Club pre tape. They're in the back of a limo. Uh, Kenny won the Impact title, by the way. So they talked about that. Uh, Kenny was mad about Moxnetti driving into their trailer, but says he's not afraid. Uh, Nakazawa honks the horn. Everyone freaks out, you know, because it reminds them of what happened last week. Kenny says, uh, "If you want me, you're going to wrestle Nakazawa
0: first. Comically small limo, considering all the people involved, Kenny Omega wedged into the corner of the back seat was fantastic.
2: It's too small. Does does Shad not own a bigger limo? They spent more on John Moxley's sports cars than they did for this.
0: But I, I think that's the joke is that this limo is really bad. Like mm. I mean, and, and there was no spreading going on in that limo, by the way. Like, I don't know. like yeah. And I, that's I, tough.
2: For when you're when you're a Doc Gallows sized guy, and you've got a, a, a right. Doc Gallows uh, sized cock torture situation, uh, you need to spread. So that was probably rough on everybody. In
0: there. I I mean Carl Anderson in his short shorts. I mean you, you you're going to think he was he's going to he might not be using the, the uh, crop Reviver, You know I mean he he might need that airflow there and no it didn't have. But just the idea of Kenny in the corner while everyone with their danglies and leather hats on cracked me up.
1: Uh, the Young Bucks uh, beat the Seidel brothers. Matt pinned Mike Seidel after the BTE trigger. SCU came out and basically challenged them afterward, uh, which I thought was pretty good. I thought SCU did a pretty good job here. of like I think it's dumb that they're the number one contenders because all their matches have been on dark. Uh, but I thought they did a pretty good job here of building up some stakes for the for the eventual match between the two teams.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm fine with them doing this as a challenge because, like, well, if they're gonna break up, you you know, get a get a good big match out of it, being their last tag team, you know, run together. That's fine with me. Uh, I want to go back to the limo. Uh, the, <laughs> How I, can't I, we? How can't I, we? I want, I want the elite to do a shot for shot recreation of the Degeneration X Run DMC theme song <laughs> video where they were all in the club in their black leather, uh, and Stephanie McMahon had like the black leather on and. Uh, Triple H had the black leather Kangle or whatever it was, uh, iconic entrance music video. And yeah, once once you know the clubs open up, they got to reshoot that whole thing. I club's mean, never
1: closed
0: in in Jacksonville, baby. Yeah, I was That's gonna true. say that. I was gonna say, do you think that the strip clubs in Florida shut down?
2: No, but I, I think their own DMC video was New York, so I think they got to yeah. go
0: to New York and do it.
1: There's a Jig Cargo pre-tape. She says all the managers are looking to sign her, but they all want a cut of her money. It doesn't work that way. No, it does work that way. That's exactly how it works, Jade. <laughs>
2: that's how a yep. managerial relationship works.
1: No, she makes her own money and her own moves. She's that bitch, Nate. What's but your she, counter to that? She,
2: but she does. Okay, I don't disagree with the fact that she is that <laughs> bitch. She is for sure that bitch. Um, but no, that's a managerial relationship. She still apparently wants a manager, but she does not want to pay them anything whatsoever. So she's like, no, you do not get paid for your services. Uh, I'm employing you for $0. It's exposure.
0: Um, it's exposure. You're it, Jay Cargill.
2: Very, very silly.
0: Oh, uh, very silly, very powerful. And I feel like we're all in support of like the Matt Hardy office. The family office is going to have some hard times. And then he's going to work on spec for Jay Cargill because Jay Cargill, you know what I mean? She she has her money, just like how Taz has her money. Jay Cargill, absolute star here. And one thing that we didn't talk about, they and I hate to feel like this like patting them on the back here they did a good job on this show with having like three distinctly different women's segments when it was a struggle for a long time for them to not have a women's match at starting at nine 38 because you had the Jade thing, the Brit thing we'll talk about later. And then Penelope and Chris Statliner. I thought like that that was something I was, I kind of came away looking at notes. I was like they did a lot towards the women's division on the show when they really usually don't.
2: Okay. So here's, here's how you write out Alex Abrahantes is you have him approach Jade and be like, I'm doing a great job with Penta. You need a manager. I'm your guy, and then Jade like power bombs him, warth throw. uh, throws him into the polluted Jacksonville River or whatever, and then he just never appears again. Except on QVC. Yeah, I'm not trying to take the guy's livelihood away. Obviously, I'm just burying everything he does and saying, "I wish he wasn't on my television."
1: Uh, Orange Cassidy versus uh, Penta. Orange one with the orange punch with a mic after Alex HP from QVC tried to get involved. Uh, Britt and Rebel with Tony. Britt says she's never lied. She says she'd get to the top of the rankings. Here she is. Now it's time for her to remind the champ why she's the face of the women's division. Sheeta later. Sheeta later. What'd you think about that, Nate?
2: Sheeta later later. (laughs) <laughs> um i mean brit's the you know biggest star on the promotion what uh, what else do you have to say it was very her like popping for tony i love their like friendship <laughs> where she's like fake all the time but they're still actually kind of friends as you know continues to amuse me
1: all right then we had uh the parlay which we talked about i guess if you're not that familiar with war games they did announce the rules two rings uh you know starts one v one new entrant every two minutes like a regular War games match so that just means that was the point of this one team they really didn't explain it that well i didn't think but one team always has the advantage because it's one versus one and then a new person comes in and then a new person comes in so every other time uh you know the the team has the advantage so in this case the pinnacle is going to be the team with the advantage and uh you know that's the right way to book it the only thing i'm sad about is that tully isn't the fifth person on the uh, pinnacle team
0: you want him to be like robert parker yeah, and, you know, crap his pants inside the uh cage. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh I, I was going to make a joke here that I'm just going to say this because if I don't get this on my brain, it's going to riot at me. Of course, people know what this is. They, they all have watched uh Memorial Gate and they've watched the Wakayama winning rules uh, elimination tag match. It's the exact same rules. That's true.
2: You're right. But if you uh, haven't watched that, you have to turn this podcast off. That's in the disclaimer on the, yes, on the show yes, notes. You, you have yes. to
0: be able to recite the two Wakayama Tornado winning rules matches. That's right. Go for it, Aaron. Uh,
1: next up, Eddie Kingston comes out for his match with Michael Nakazawa. Actually, I should have used that as a plug. If you want to hear people on this uh, podcast forget things that they're supposed to know, then you should listen to us on the Five Star Match Game <laughs> podcast where Mike, Nate, and I competed for uh, Trivia Gold uh, with our good friend Joe Gagne. That's it. Go check it out. Uh, Eddie comes out for his match with uh, Nakazawa. Eddie says, no, he's not wrestling. Nakazawa wants Kenny to come out. Kenny does come out. Uh, Kenny does this very funny thing where he's like, no, actually, uh, we're bad at you. We're getting back at you in this segment. Uh, Nakazawa attacks him. Eddie gets the advantage. He's going to break Knox's ankle. Kenny says, go ahead. We have plenty of goons. We see Cutler trying to come out, but Mox is there. Uh, they get Kenny in the ring. They put the chair on Kenny's ankle, like they're going to break that. And Eddie says, give me a tag match with Kenny or we're breaking his ankle. Callus, uh agrees. that They can have a tag match with Omega and Nakazawa. A-S-A-P.
2: There, yeah, uh, I really, you know makes sense for moxa to make the save or whatever i did i just wanted cutler to get in that ring just have kingston like beating the shit out of both those guys uh that pairing very much amuses me for some reason
0: it's something i feel like that just as an aside that or one of the vlogs they had to make a comment about how brian pillman jr is there and everyone's trying to pillmanize each other's angles. Like, I feel like that that is a good bit that, you know, and I know you all are listening to this. I just gave you solid content gold for like the next five weeks. Yeah, no,
2: yeah. Ryzen, stop stealing old BTE bits. And here's a new bit is Brian Pillman trying to collect on his IP rights to Pillmanizing people.
1: Oh, that's good. They could have tied it into this whole uh, oh, yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea Green thing. This, that would have been good content this week. Credit credit me. He's attacking people backstage. <laughs>
0: Image and likeness <laughs> might matter. Fair use does not only apply to things that are monetized.
1: Yeah, that would be, uh, actually, that'd be the first, like, charismatic thing Pillman has done, so that would be, that'd be good for him.
0: My DMs are open. I have a lot of ideas, guys. If you need help with your vlogs, let Nate and I know, and we can get this working for you.
1: Still, they haven't used, uh... The, our drama king Matt idea so that pisses me off I forgot about that I did see drama king Matt post
2: a now accepting <laughs> bookings image and I'm like "Ooh, he didn't credit anybody did he make that himself
0: well, well did he have a t-shirt saying uh he's my poppy-in-law yet I mean as is part of the gimmick or is he just completely forgetting about it he's not listening to us is he he needs to listen yeah. uh, Taz is with Tony Schiavone
1: he says Brian Cage just beat the number one wrestler in the world Adam love, Page. It. love it i love that <laughs> so that makes team taz number one christian cage interrupts uh, taz has Hobbs beat your ass but he made one mistake you capitalized now you're gonna have to face another member of team taz uh christian says taz used to be one of the toughest guys in the business talked a big game backed it up now he can't back it up so he surrounded himself with other tough guys uh but now when he sees christian returning after retirement he wishes he could do that uh so basically he's jealous of christian uh, he's going to teach another one of his guys a lesson. Hopefully they'll realize they're better off without you. Uh, I thought Christian delivered here on a pretty yeah. good promo.
2: Uh, this uh, this was, I think, the best thing he's done in the company yet. And it's not super complicated or high concept or whatever. He just had a very, it's like, here's, here I'm going to explain Taz's motivations in this segment. I'm going to explain my motivations in this segment. I'm going to do it with like a very collected veteran presence because I've cut a thousand of these things. Uh, and it was great. I was like, yeah, okay. Now I understand what this is all about. Um, now I, now I remember what I liked about Christian when I was a young guy. Um, this was good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like they've completely reset, uh, Christian after the way he debuted. And now like, this is completely successful. And I feel like that's something that, There is a lot of interest. I I think him versus Ricky Starks is a very fascinating future match they could have. And now there's a lot of direction there in this.
2: Yeah, that's that's a fascinating future match. And additionally, more fascinating future match, Christian Cage versus Hook. That is big time. (laughs) So
0: so if you do listen to the five star match game, Nate probably does his best ever call out of Hook that will soon be coming a soundboard drop for us at one time.
1: I've been told that'll be good. I've been told by Joe Gagnate that he liked it so much, Nate, that he appended it to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well, yeah, it was the only—it was the only uh, answer I really had any sort of pride in. So you can probably feel that coming through uh, the voice to audio. Um, but yeah, and, I mean, who better for Hook to have his first real match against? Like, you know, there was there was talk about Christian Cage working miracle matches with Yoshi Tatsu and shit, where it's like, how did he do it? He can have a good match with anybody. So uh, I'm ready for the Christian vs. Hook program.
1: I think there's something to be said for Christian. Not only did he have seven years off, but he also, like, all of his probos for however long were within the WWE system. So there's probably something to be said for taking some time to, like, get used to having the freedom to just do your own shit. Uh, and this felt good. So I hope that this is more what we see out of Christian. Uh, Chris versus Penelope before Chris won with the Big Bang Theory. Ah, uh, we had the Preston Vance video that that Nate talked about, trying to build up uh, hype and talking about Brody bringing him into the Dark Order. Then we had—I can't believe this! I don't think this has come up at all. Uh, no, QT, no, it hasn't. QT, <laughs> it was good. QT Marshall, Nick Camarotto, uh Aaron Solo versus Billy Gunn, Dustin Rose, and Lee Johnson. Uh, the factory pulled up in Cody's bus. Uh, it ended when QT pinned Lee Johnson after the Governor liver punched him.
2: Yeah, um, just from the start of this segment. QT entering with the factory coming out of the nightmare nightmare family bus, uh, and now they all have matching gear. They're all in blue. They all got the factory logo on there. They QT walking with confidence. cameras just dead on, showing him leading his team out of the bus like they're the visiting team. They're the villains from the kids' sports movie. They're Iceland and D two the Mighty Ducks. Uh, was super into that. Uh, you know, Mister Freak Beast and his nightmare fact. And night, no, the factory gear. Um, just, you know, I think completes the whole completes the whole package for this team is that they all have this unified it's kind of like the it's kind of like the super Chad version of the premier athlete brand or something <laughs> where they're like yes. they're like the villainous the villainous, you know uh, MMA camp or something yes. uh, and they've all got this unified theme and aesthetic going on I'm all about it um, uh, Granikum was talking on Twitter I don't know if you saw Mike about how they should they should give the nightmare family the red from the aesthetic and all the stables should be color coded like dragon gate Mm -hmm. uh i think that's a good idea um especially because gold dust needs needs new gear i don't know what's going on with the blue and his gear but they need to get him just a a, a unified red look for the nightmare family
0: yeah i loved this segment like it wasn't for the fact that there was a tag match that was right my alley i thought that like even with this in the in the post match i felt like that they've done such a solid job of like this felt this is a match that would be a build-up match and they did a great job of being like all right we're not gonna have cody's the money in here so we're keeping cody out here but all of cody's friends are gonna be fighting off against the whole nightmare family and you keep a go-go over the outside for having the obvious interference leading up to the win and i feel like that that's that that will uh, great in his smart booking and really lee johnson was like the star on the nightmare family team as he should be in this situation like a, he had like the crazy fosbury fly flop corkscrew moonsault that he did that looked sick and then you know the post-match i just like this is so much like just Cody core stuff that of course this happened this way and I was laughing and enjoying the the entire (laughs) way whereas I totally understand why people wouldn't I did like these fleets of fancy just amused me greatly
2: yeah I, I totally understand people hating the fact that like there was just a random cutaway and now QT Marshall was on top of this Fucking 30 foot tall bus. <laughs> I totally A crane
0: shot of this. A yes. crane shot of
2: this. I get I get hating that and thinking it makes no sense. To me, I was filled with joy and I was like, oh, this is this is delightful. Um I did I wanted them to create recreate the violent J spot from no, was it Shaggy Too Dope? The ICP spot Shaggy, from the bus.
0: Yeah, Shaggy Too Dope getting power bombed by Mike Awesome onto okay, that 70s yeah. bus. Yes. They
2: they I guess they need to build to that or something. Somebody falling off Cody's bus. They got to get ICP
1: on AEW.
2: They have to get ICP in here. You're not a legitimate promotion until you book ICP. They've worked in every major promotion in North America, maybe, at least the United States. So you have to have ICP for something. Oh, there was somebody else I really wanted them to bring in just for shits and giggles. I can't remember.
1: All right. Kip uh, went into the locker room to see Miro. Uh, Miro, instead of greeting him, beat the shit out of him. And then at the end hugged him and said, he forgives him. And then as he walks away, he says, we'll talk. I, I, <laughs> yeah, this, this was good.
2: This was, this was perfect. Cause I, they had the unanswered question out there of, Oh, Kip's going to be on this show. Mm-hmm. They had, if they didn't have something with Kip and Miro on the show, I was gonna be pissed off. I was gonna be like, what the fuck? They just dropped that entirely. Nothing happened. So I was like, yes, th- that makes perfect sense for Miro. He's a, you know, absolute monster psychopath. Um, but you know he still wants to play his little video games with Kip, so totally fits for me.
0: Yeah, and Miro, how many lockers did Kip get involved with in this segment? It was it? was like at least three lockers. Like it just they they tied up the loose end very well here, and I feel like that it's a uh, it will be an interesting bit for this act to see where it goes from here.
1: I like this because it had to piss off the people who were like, "Oh, Miro should just." kick everybody's ass and then he did it but then he still was goofy afterward so that had to make them mad so i i
2: I am so high on miro right now that was one of the going into this show i'm like oh is miro going to be on this show i hope miro's on this show
1: that's where i'm at with miro where i'm like idly thinking about him (laughs) uh then the main event the tnt title darby versus preston vance Uh, darby reversed preston vance's full nelson by catapulting off the ropes getting the pin uh, now, do, you,
2: do you think only the wrestlers that we complain about listen to this show are aware of this show? Or do you think Miro knows that we've been defending him the whole time?
1: Miro takes um, numbers and such, very important. So I'm guessing he is aware of his of his press clippings, such mm. as they are.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I would like to imagine that, I mean, the awareness there with like Miro, he has... Kip, I, I probably was Kip's job to, like, to be like, okay, when did they talk to me? What did they say? So, you know, of course he listens.
1: Do you think we're the number one AEW podcast? I think so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you say at the top of every show, that we're the
0: best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. there's a difference bet- between being the it's best. It's not confidence, guys. <laughs>
2: I, I, I really have no way to know. because uh, like if you if you look on the podcast app or something, you'll find like some, you know, podcasts you've never heard of before. Uh, and some totally foreign branch of wrestling fandom that we never interact with whatsoever, and you find them on Twitter, and they're like, oh, they have 4,000 followers. Literally never heard of any of these people before. Um, so I, I have no idea. No way to say. Um,
0: but there's no way to prove otherwise, so we can still say it.
2: You know, I yeah, I, I don't want to... This, pro- this is going to so sound so obnoxious. I <laughs> doubt that there are podcasts exclusively devoted to AEW with significantly more l- listenership that also are listened to by people involved in the promotion would be my guess. Well,
1: that was just my point. I was thinking of like, okay, obviously wrestlers and, and wrestling companies often like to hear, you know, what is being said about them. And I'm just thinking you know, if you made a list of like the, okay, we've got to keep tabs on these podcasts. Uh, I was just saying, I think ours would be uh, near the top of the, of the list.
2: Yeah, I wonder. I mean, they've got to, you know, what bridge do you cross where, like, either they just find us personally obnoxious, which I would totally understand. Sure. Or we make we make some criticism that, like, doesn't cuts make sense. Cuts a little deep. Doesn't make, yeah, it cuts too deep or doesn't make sense with the full. A uh, uh, wealth of knowledge that they have, like, oh, you, we couldn't have done that because this person had this thing, and this person had this thing, and this person had COVID and whatever else. Sure. And yeah. you just go, well, oh, these guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, that would, that would, that would understand that also.
0: Yeah, and it, it, you know, you never know, and and since we will never know, I'm just gonna keep on saying we we are the number one one until someone proves me otherwise, and I will immediately reject your theory.
1: I just want to say that if we say something doesn't make sense because it's something you know, you could just tell us the thing you know. That's true. No, they, they they do like to launder their talking
2: points through. Uh, uh, yes,
0: for less, <laughs> less antagonistic,
2: less antagonistic. Um, yeah, I'm trying to say that we have less baggage and we'd we'd be better at laundering those points for that reason. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is this all could have been an off uh, <laughs> none, none of the air conversation. None of the other podcasts have the TNT scoop going all the way back to the beginning of the fucking promotion, So That's that's
1: exactly right uh okay uh the best way to support us patreon.com slash everything elite Nate already gave the big uh the big sell for patreon so uh go check it out we put up a lot of shows we have a discord um listen get all your Ethan Page content on the patreon that's really that's my
0: sell for this week (laughs) I think we're up to like because now it's 18 months we're it's gonna be interesting coming into May could be the first time that we are Doing a second edition of a pay per view because we've already done like this, and we'll be able to revisit some of the things right. we said in 2021. I mean, we're at the we're the we're at the end of April. We're we're gonna have a big May coming up as well. So especially with double or nothing stuff. So I have to go find that document that we did. If you want to go revisit, we made our guesses about the year oh, 2021 and no. oh. a AEW and see how we did on those bets. Now that now, now that thoughts in my mind. That's right.
2: That was a good gimmick. I'm pretty sure another that another great show idea from me
1: and Nate just gave me a really good show idea that we're gonna that we're gonna do soon um I'm pretty sure one of mine was that they wouldn't get back over a million viewers before
0: both that's of you or nothing. both of you said no to that and no, I was Mike, like yeah Mike,
2: Mike had the receipts on that one ready to
0: go well, I, oh, oh, we oh I didn't remember know, all the ones I said right
2: we didn't know NXT would be leaving
0: so no. that's true that's I, true I, I was the person that said that the inner circle would not break up and would have the same original five members.
2: Mm. Mm, Does that count? Because they added MJF for a time. So that was not original five.
0: I believe the question is uh, uh, the producer right now is saying that he's going to try to roll the the tape here. But I believe Mike's
2: Mike's having a psychological break. and He believes believes himself to be multiple people.
0: I, I believe that the question was. The original five will the inner circle still have all five original members and will be the inner circle. And if that mm. was the question on the tape, then I remember I was the one person who said yes for that. So He's got
1: all his all his receipts. I can't I can't try to type. So Thoros asked in the YouTube chat, Cody got the Snoop remix, who gets the ICP rem- remix? And I tried to say Darby gets WikiFay's X ICP, which I think would be I would yeah. love to hear Shaggy 2 Dope over uh, the um, IFL beat, for sure.
2: I mean, Darby is, has been hanging out with JPEG Mafia again, so that's an easy remix and it would be dope. Yeah. Um, ICP, who has ICP energy? Oh, this would be a good topic to tackle on a future show, seeing what licensed music matches up with, <laughs> with what AEW wrestlers.
1: What could he be talking about? All right, patreon.com slash everything elite. Next week on Dynamite. Uh, the Blood and Guts match, Inner Circle versus Pinnacle, Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall, Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Britt Baker will be in action, and there's going to be a four-way tag eliminator ICB match.
2: should do Abaddon.
1: Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, four-way tag eliminator match, SCU, Jurassic Express, Varsity Blondes, The Acclaimed will all be uh, in that match to determine who gets to wrestle the Young Bucks, on the May 12th episode of Dynamite, which is also going to feature an IWGP U.S. championship match with John Moxley defending against Blue Justice Yuji Nagata. Did we
2: – so I was trying to take credit for a script. Did we
1: talk about how I
2: had a pretty decent feeling this would be in Jacksonville? I can't remember if we decided on the pod or not.
0: No, I, I This might have been an off-air thing, but it makes sense with the state of emergency with everything that get up. I mean, Japan's right. not well, really running right now, so yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we, I think we knew Yuji was going to be the States, and there was some debate right. as to whether it would be on Strong or on Dynamite. Uh, and I think actually Thoros pointed us to the to the tip uh, for a uh, friend of the show, Keiko Hondo Superfans, that... He might be in the Jacksonville area, and I just don't know if we said it on the show or not or if this is an obnoxious Rover thing where it's like, we knew this two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> but now that means that they have to recreate the Yuji Nagata training beach video in Jacksonville.
2: That'd be good. Um, very excited to see him return to, you know, the uh, spiritual successor of WCW. Uh,
0: who will be next? Will, will Masahiro Chodo show up next time? That would be dope. Yeah, that would be dope. Wasn't Chono already was on a AEW? Wasn't he? No, Muto was. No, Chono was as well. Chono it was
1: was, a, was a, a judge for the. No, that
0: was that was Muto for sure. That was Muto, but great Muto, of course, wrestled in WCW. But uh, the uh, Chono from the has show. Not been in AEW. No, Chono has not been. But he was in WCW. A friend of the show, Alan Forel, had a really good tweet earlier today. Like listening to the people from WCW who have appeared so far is this Shima and Yuji Nagata. Well. Ultimo technically appeared in that Chris Jericho video, so that's one person off the list as well. We still need Tokyo Magnum, uh, Meiko Satomura. That might, that one might be a little bit harder to do. Kaz Hayashi and Kurosawa.
1: We gotta get Kurosawa. Um, He's Thoro just working says, on the tea
0: farm right now. I mean, the,
1: he might have the time. Thoro says we did talk about uh, Nagata talking okay. to Keiko. So
2: mm-hmm. good. I'm glad no,
1: we we covered our our ground with that. So. All good. All right, so that all—that's a bunch of stuff that's coming up. I'm sure we'll talk much more about John Moxley and Eugene Nagata uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, I think that's it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Everything AEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate's at A pittasis. Mike's at Fuji Heya. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star rating and a review. Uh, support the show by going to Patreon.com/slash Everything Elite and subscribing. Uh, going to MyBookie.ag and using the promo code Elite and going to manscaped.com and using the promo code, this is, Uh, those are all very good. So uh, that's it for Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.